So you're no longer wearing tentacle underwear is what I'm hearing. I'm no longer wearing octopus underpants. I, I am, in fact, wearing my uh, my pajamas and my house slippers and a T-shirt. No, I got my Christmas pants and an old t- casino T-shirt on. So it's basically like you left the casino. Man, it has been a hard week from a gambling. They're having a, a giant poker tournament in Tunica, one of the World Series events that uh, I used to play pretty regularly. And just, you know, three or four times a day now, my Facebook feed is full of stuff from the casino being like, hey, this guy beat 200 people and won $50,000. And it's just, it's been an assault all week. Well, so they have their marketing of you dialed in. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. MGM, like if I were to say, like, what is the best marketing I'm regularly exposed to? The MGM grand shows me exactly what I need as soon as I think that I need it, twice a week. <laughs> I get so many emails from them. Oh, my God. I think it should just be a fair point that uh, MGM is not a sponsor. <laughs> <Yet>. <laughs> Maybe a sponsor of Mudcat. Uh, no, it's, we've got the, it's the opposite relationship. Mudcat. <laughs> Mudcat is a proud sponsor of the MGM. <laughs> So anyway, talking about Vegas, which, let's face it, always smells a bit weird, uh, this topic was suggested by, uh, by one of our listeners, which was to, uh, to talk about cologne and other confusing infusions. What do we think about cologne and other men's scents? Yes, Wes, you can now make the joke about men have scents and, and all the ladies go, certainly not common sense. And so now we've got that out of the way. Uh, <laughs> men's scent, <laughs> men's sense and, 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 uh, the the way in which we choose them, what we think about them, what we believe that they say about us as dandies, and, and what are some of the things that uh, men can think about when choosing a scent and choosing a scent that suits them. So, Wes, seeing as I just took over from you, without yeah, that was any well planning. done. Well done. <laughs> How about you get to uh, open up this time around? Let's do it for posterity's sake. Welcome, everybody, to the Modern Dandies. <laughs> Wait, that was terrible. I got... <clears throat> not Welcome right. to the Modern Dandies Guide to Manliness. I'm Liam, and with me are Wes, Mudcat, and Josh. Hooray! I like that one. <laughs> it's season two, everyone. Just get ready for change. Why, why do men apply sense? It is a valid place to start here. Why... Do men care about how they smell? Uh, why are they applying what some could consider perfume? Why engage in this behavior? I learned a long time ago. I think I was maybe 12. And one, I think like a few of my female friends at the time, I, I didn't have many at, at 12, but they're just sort of some around in the group. And they always said that I smelled nice. Uh, and so I was getting attention, nothing really more than this, but just sort of an offhanded comment that like, wow, Wes always smells nice. And this is just because I washed my hair. I wasn't wearing cologne. I certainly wasn't buying like Dakar Noir and spritzing myself down in it. Uh, but it was just, oh, here is something about me that is getting attention from a group of people I want attention from. Let me think about that. And then uh, as with many of my other dandy traits... Uh, this was just another way that I could express myself uh, and become 
unique in a crowd so that I wouldn't be exactly like everyone else standing next to me. So I look at it as just one more outlet for self-expression and to ensure that while I'm around others, that it is a pleasant experience. And I think one of the reasons why I think men wear scents is obviously to be attractive to other people and to, you know, the sense of smell is incredibly powerful. As, as humans, we actually rely on our sense of smell when we meet people to understand, you know, often to build it. It's actually part of building a relationship. You'll like someone partly because of this subconscious way that they smell the pheromones and like the more you're with someone and the more people smell in a way that reacts well with your pheromones, uh, the more positively they'll react to you. So this is kind of a human thing. And the, and the scents and the perfumes often contain ethers and other things that emulate or simulate the pheromones themselves. In fact, some of them actually do say that they actually contain, you know, pheromones of like yak ass or, or whatever it happens to be. But it's, it's that, uh, I think, Wes, you're, you're absolutely right. It's like that compliment you get. If you smell good, if you smell in a way that someone responds positively to you, they're more likely to react positively to you in other interactions. The, the flip side of that is that you can overdo it. When you get to the point of you, know, you smell like a harlot's boudoir or people say, I like that guy, but you know, his aftershave could kill a wildebeest at 60 feet, then you're, then you're not having that effect. Smell is really powerful and subtle, and so when we add additional sense to our body and to our presence, we, we need to be very careful about how we apply it. And I want to go back and uh, just correct one thing. Liam said they, they contain esters, not ethers. Yes, that's right. It is ester because they are actually perfumes. But beyond that, uh, I think, yes, it, it, it all makes sense, right? Cologne probably goes back to when we would take annual baths instead of daily baths. And men stink. We just do. Another interesting thing, though, in terms of you know, making the impression on other people, smell is the sense that imprints the hardest. So, you know, if you walk into a place and it smells like your mom's cooking or, you know, I famously, when I was a kid, my grandfather had a shoe store and I walked into a sporting goods store and I said it smelled like you know, grandpa's store. People will remember you by your scent. It just, it just makes it makes that kind of impression. And on the on the wildebeest front, I, I, I think of cologne a lot like salt in food. It should enhance. It should not be the dominant thing you taste. You should smell nice. You should not walk into a room and have people know it before they've turned <laughs> around and seen you. So I look at it as twofold. I mean, there's this idea that you wouldn't wear any kind of third-party <laughs> scent, I suppose. You, you rely on your natural pheromone. You keep yourself clean. You can still exude that biological reaction without, you know, knocking people down. <laughs> but it's a little bit like uh, you've got to get people to open the door, so to speak. Uh, I know I'm doing horrible with metaphors, but the cologne can raise the attraction to, to engage. You know, ah, this is pleasant. I want to engage with this person. And then it's your biological uh, pheromones that are, are, are locking this in. We talked about this uh, last season, you know, as the bonding experience, just being close to a partner and, you know, the chemical bonding that can happen with your biological scent. But, you know, that can't happen if the person doesn't want to be near you in the first place. Uh, and so I think that just like, we talked about as far as the clothes you wear, if, if 
people don't know who you are yet, your visual first impression can make an impact. Uh, so now we're just talking about one of the other sensory glands and how that can make a first impact as well. I think Josh is right with the with the enhancement is that you're adding things to your natural pheromonal base that people are going to respond positively or you want people to respond positively to. So one of the things I tend to select, I tend to select quite a number of my uh, colognes are sort of coming to, in, into, into three different categories actually because depending on what kind of occasion I'm going for, I actually have some florals and they're, they're called light, fresh. They smell like bundles of flowers and so like a little bit is like walking in it's just like going oh great you know, a lot of people like flowers therefore a lot of people like the the smell of slightly floral smell that you that i sort of bring along i have a lot of spices and woods um that's because i think that actually goes well with my natural smell and and quite a lot of time because of the amount of cooking i do i smell of spices anyway and then the the, the third one is is like ocean type scents so very much the the uh, fresher, very clean ozone type, saltwater sea kind of of scent, which again, partly it's because I have to smell what I'm wearing as well. And those are all three things that I like. And they're all three things that people around me tend to like as well. So it's it's an enhancement, as, as Josh said, rather than trying to cover something up. Yeah. So there's no covering up, right? Just the way your body chemistry works. Yeah, when you move, you exude sweat. You are, you know, fairly aromatic anyway. And this is not to say that people stink. Most people, if you don't wear deodorant, if you only showered every other day, but are largely, you know, keeping to bathing yourself and not covering yourself in mud, uh, most people don't stink. Um, for something to stink, it's really your clothes, and it's really got to be like it takes time to get there. A lot of this is unnecessary, but you should think about if you're going to do the smell them around going in layers, right? You've got your natural pheromones, those things that come from your skin and your lived experience, um, like the stuff you put into your body affects the way you smell. And then there's all the other stuff that you're using. It's not just cologne. All right, it's not just like a spritz spritz at the end of the day. You've got your body wash, you've got your shampoo, you've got your detergent. And all of that stuff at the end of the day, when you have all of those layers, what's being told is a story. You know, my, my state of nature is to smell like small, uh, salt, cigarettes, and whiskey. And, you know, I try to build on top of that, all right? Adding some citrus, adding, you know, vanilla and softer notes so that, yes, maybe he just rolled out of a casino, but yeah, was in delicate, more sophisticated places before that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I do think, I think like a couple of the things that I think that you're touching on there, which is part of it's about how you, how you like to smell, you know, it, it's how you already smell and how you like to smell. There is how, as, and so with a cologne, a cologne is perfume oil suspended in uh, essentially in a, in a form of alcohol. So one of the things that with that, both the perfume oil and the alcohol is how it reacts with your skin and as I say with your natural sense, with what you exude from your skin. And then also the environment you're in helps or has a real impact. So I have different colognes for 
my place in Nola, particularly during summer and the, the warmer months because of the humidity, than I do in for like winter in DC or, or going to San Francisco where there's very low humidity. You know, the scents that I wear in San Francisco, for example, are overwhelming in New Orleans because of the humidity. But the ones I wear in New Orleans, you can't smell at all in San Francisco because they're so mild. That was a real learning thing for me when I started bopping between the different uh, climates was that I, I actually needed different scents because of two of those three factors were so this is an opportunity to pose a bigger question to the group i agree with you i have lots of bottles and you know just depending on the city the night yeah what i'm looking for where i'm going to be there are people who argue and i'm interested to know if you if any of y'all are among them that you should have one bottle one signature scent one profile that is you know consistent over time I'd like to jump in on that because the idea of a signature scent is very appealing for the long term uh, in that, as Josh was saying, you know, it, it's this key to, to memory. And, and as you think about a particular person, there are certain uh, senses that will come into play. Smell being one of them. Uh, olfactory, we could be fancy. But I am of the opinion that you need to have signature scents that are appropriate to the situation. So going back to the the fit being the fundamentals of of style, uh, <laughs> I have uh, kind of the everyday uh, scent, but I also have my evening scent, and it really helps to make a transition. Uh, so I'm always looking for things that are helping me to transition from you know work to play to being at home uh, to going out for for pleasure as opposed to business a- and. You know, these are, can be the things that, that help you do that, but you can balance them around that idea of a signature scent. So, uh, as Liam was saying, you can have these elements that, that play well to you, but you can have them vary depending upon the desired mood that you want to create. I think it's important to have a variety, but focusing around a central theme, um, much the same as we've talked about with your wardrobe as well. Yeah, it's interesting. So I'm, I'm easing back into scents after years and years and years of, I mean, I've, I have a couple at home. I hadn't worn them in years, partly because I was like walking into the room and people were noticing that, that I was doing it wrong in my youth as a youth. And also though, like the, the beard maintenance, right? Like beard oils have a scent and it just gets, it gets kind of complicated to layer them and you know, if you do it wrong, it, it, it's not good. But, you know, what I'm, what I started to notice a couple months back is like, they're all in the, that same family, like Wes was saying, right? They're all sort of woody, cedary, spicy, a little bit of citrus to them uh, with one exception. So like my beard oils and those things have sort of played the role of the cologne for a while. But I, I think, you know, layering it, is something I'm going to be trying in, in 2020. I'm a big fan also of the, it's an Arabic scent. They're, they're called ouds. Um, and, and those are like sort of very earthy, woody things. And it's sort of playing with those these days. Uh, but yeah, but keep keeping them in a family because like if you're rose petals one day and, and cedar the next and, and, you know, light oceany scent the next day, it does sort of get, I think, a little 
A, that, that stuff stays in your clothes, whether you, mm. whether you can smell it or not. And it, if a layering, just because you can't smell it anymore doesn't mean someone else can't. And B, like, you know, your body chemistry doesn't change that much day to day. So you bring up another thing that is an interesting part of, of my own habit here. I have every bottle of cologne I've ever bought. When I was 15, I bought a bottle of Mambo at a mall in Indianapolis, uh, like a, a Liz Claiborne, like very lime forward sandalwood <laughs> scent. There's still, you know, a quarter of the bottle. There's a, a bottle of the Blue Pie, which you can't even buy anymore. Um, Jaguar did a, a summer sports scent. Um, so on average, I buy a bottle of cologne once every three years and never use them all, which I think is awesome because, you know, now these things are out of circulation and I still have them and you don't. So neener, neener, neener. Um, how long does a bottle of cologne last? Like, how often are you doing this? How long do you keep these bottles? So they do oxidize, like any suspended essence. I think it completely depends. Uh, I, I was just trying to think about how old the oldest bottle I have. I've, I've, I've tended to be better at purging them as my as the houses I've lived in have got smaller and smaller and I've moved more and more. Certainly there was a couple. I actually had a Eau de Parfum, which, which is the one of the stronger – it's like 20 to 30% perfume oil, whereas a, a cologne is, is somewhere between – and I think five to eight percent, so so very strong. That lasted forever, and I think I've still got that somewhere. And as far as I can tell, it still stays. It, it still smells pretty much as it did when I first got it in probably the late nineties. But I think I mean over time, I think the finer points of it do uh, do change. So so they th- at that point they start just becoming ornaments, which is good because they often come in very attractive bottles. I'm trying to think of how to formulate this question. Um, so bear with me. What I want to get at is quantity. And so this plays in a little bit of how do you not overdo this? Um, but what I'm really interested in is, do you have a tactic or strategy for the amount of cologne you use, depending on how close you want a person to get to you? So let me give you an example to help me explain this. My cousin, when he was a teenager, so keep in mind, this is a teenage boy's strategy, would just take the tiniest couple of drops, just just a little that he would put right by his ear because he knew he would be talking to some of his female friends that would want to gossip to him and they would come in very close to whisper. And then they would only when they got that close, would they get a hint of this very expensive, this very nice cologne. But if you were just even standing at regular conversational distance, you might not even notice. And so that was a strategy that when they would lean in to confide with him, they would get this other smell coming along with that action. How do you, you know, keep a a level going so that it is uh, appropriate, I guess? How how do you decide an appropriate amount so that you're not not knocking someone over, but you're also being inviting? I appreciate Mm. Yeah, I have no idea, but that is more game than I've ever had in my whole life. <laughs> well, like, I, I appreciate the fact that you are just flat out recognizing that all teenage boys should be regarded with suspicion. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> However, 
I actually think it was a good tactic because, you know, I think with, with cologne, particularly if you, you do, and you should always invest in a good cologne. It's one of those things where cheap colognes are cheap and they smell cheap. So for, for those guys out there hiding in the basement wondering why, why women won't come and talk to them, if your go-to is Axe body spray, there's a reason. You know, it, it stinks. It's repulsive and it's, it's like way over the top. Great marketing but probably has protected more women from teenage boys than anything else because, hey, I'm going to be sexy. I put on Axe Body Spray. Everyone within a 200-foot radius knows. I was going to say, Axe Body Spray is not cologne. Axe Body Spray is like a douchebag detection system. It is like having a giant Zeppelin with, with, <laughs> with date rape in a neon sign underneath it floating around behind Today's you. Today's episode brought to you and, by Axe Body Spray. Uh, <laughs> not a sponsor. Not a sponsor, ever. <laughs> Hashtag never will be. Uh, not a sponsor, considering legal action. And uh, um, this is simply an opinion, in my opinion alone. The, and Josh's, apparently. So with a good cologne, really the, the two drops, the one spritz which you walk into, uh, rather than spraying it directly onto your skin, is enough. As you warm up, as your pulse goes up, for example, because you're excited to see someone and your skin heats up, more of the scent is released. If you put it on when like it's cold and you're dry and you're calm, then that's great. If you go out somewhere that's warm and more humid and your pulse rate goes up, the scent will become more apparent. So... Yeah, he, he had a good tactic. I've I've used that tactic as well. I, I started early on that tactic by getting, you know, the, the 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 finer sort of oils and scents that I could find, and uh, and doing the same thing, dabbing them on under the neck. You make that sound like you grew up in the Sahara in the twenties, and you're like just raw sandalwood coating yourself before you go out <laughs> to see a lady. <laughs> I, I used to find spices and oils in my, my, my ear and wrist. I don't know. He did grow up in Tasmania. I, 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 I might believe. <laughs> this is, this is, this is it was a cultural Sahara, okay? Um, uh, but I'm going with the first one because now I'm just imagining myself as a, as a sort of like Berber with, with, uh, with my with my scimitar and and those kind of things, you know, wooing women with with uh, with attractive camels. Wait, is it your camels that are attractive? Is it or is it their camels that are attractive? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm going to leave it to the grammatarians to pass what I just said, just just out of uh, out of thing. So if you if you've got any comments on my on my grammar. <laughs> wooing women with attractive camels. <laughs> this could go in so many directions. <laughs> it's good to be back Wait, quick bring us back on track uh you mentioned sandalwood <laughs> which i know is my my dandy lady's favorite i don't actually wear much sandalwood uh, mm. interestingly enough but a uh, good good buddy always wears it and it's like you can see her change like her face lights up it's just you know that that's a a, a great scent for her so it's odd that I don't pick that for myself, but I guess, but I guess what I'm saying is even though scents can, you can pick them to be attractive to others. Uh, I've always been a firm believer. You need to pick scents that are attractive to yourself. I kind of want to turn yes. this around to say, and ask a question, what do you find uh, most attractive about that? How does, how does wearing a cologne change your own opinion or mood uh, about yourself and then maybe we can close out kind of talking about uh, some specifics, like 
what what are you wearing or what do you like to wear i guess so i, I think for me one of the things is and i don't tend to i used to wear colognes um every every day and it was just part of of the getting ready was was to choose one of the, the two or three colognes that i had and, and i would tend to just have one favorite that i would i would i would go through and then i'd go back and see what else was similar and as Mudcat noted, is that fragrances often rotate at a fairly rapid clip, and, uh, and and so I'd always be trying something new. And I think I think that was it. Part of it was the routine, and part of it's the ceremony. And so part of the getting ready. And this is when I was wearing suits a lot. Is is that you choose your cufflinks, you choose your tie, you know, you, you you make sure your your shoes are shined, and you groom, you brush your hair and brush your teeth, and then you're choosing and you're applying your scent, and it was all part of the ceremony of getting ready, getting prepared to, to go to work or, or to go out. And, and like you, Wes, I tended to have an everyday, what I might regard as my work scent, and then I would have my I'm going out scent, and, and that was also a, a key. It was a, it was a shift in mindset and going to Josh's point about it being one of the most potent senses. That was, for me, these were, these were things that went, now I'm ready to go to work or now I'm ready to go out because I've chosen my, my smell. And this is the smell that I feel when I'm, I'm, I'm relaxing and going to meet friends. And, and it's what I want to wear to feel confident in meeting new people and talking with people and, and those kind of things. Yeah, both on distance and application, I tend to think about, I don't want anybody who is outside of, you know, my personal space to know that I'm, to know what I smell like. All right. Like there's some things I want to keep to myself. Um, yeah. I also think it's just like, it is so easy to be overbearing. So like with the Axe body spray mm. or the, and it's good to know that that shit is universally loathed. I want people you know, in the office, if you've got, people have, you know, sensitivities to scents and other things. Like, you know, I try not to be rude about that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I tend to go pretty light. Um, I do, as Liam says, you know, you do the, the one spritz walkthrough. I will add uh, the, the wrist shot. So, you know, it's a two spray application for me. In terms of what scent at what time, I tend to think of these things in colors, Right, because they're like they come in the great jars, and you can see all the stuff. You know, and there's sort of a formula in that, like the blue and green ones are light and breezy, and they've got those ocean smells. Um, I tend to think of those as my daytime colognes. the The brown and gold ones are the nighttime colognes, and the clear ones are usually floral. And I can't do those at all. Josh, what about you? Like I said, I haven't really worn cologne regularly in probably 15 years. I know if someone says like they're wearing a green scent, I know what that means. But you know, the the, the browns and oranges and other stuff, I just I, I I'm just not that conversant in yet. And in terms of like picking one, literally, I picked one 10 years ago, bought it, and put it in a drawer. Uh, so I'm actually I, I'm 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 more more of a student on this particular episode than I am a a a dandy myself. Well, thank you for your honesty. What, what is your top choice? Uh, if we were to kind of close this out with a, what are you wearing? But uh, talking about cologne instead, 
My go-to is the Spice Bomb by Victor and Rolf. It's probably been out seven, eight years. But one, I love the bottle because it looks like a hand grenade. Uh, it is, it, according to, you know, it's fragrantica.com profile. It includes notes of leather, tobacco, bergamot, pink pepper, cinnamon, and vetiver. That is to say, like, it, you know, kind of smells like whiskey and cigarettes and leather and uh I'm a big fan and feel like it complements my natural smile. Mine at the moment is like, uh, it's the um, Bulgari Black. Uh, and I've, I've been wearing this for a while. Isn't for that the, caviar? That's my sort of like go-to evening thing. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think it's basically like dabbing yourself with caviar and champagne. That, that's been a go-to of mine for a while. On, on a daily one, actually, I think I've got my, I think my other, my daily at the moment's also a Bulgari I, I used to uh, wear a lot of Armani perfume as well as clothing, and uh, and and uh, I've still got a, a personal soft spot for the Jean Paul Gaultier uh, men's yeah. in the in the in the bottle, which looks like a a, a body wearing a, a, a his his classic uh, t shirt. It's funny. I mean, it 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 has a, a very particular advertising oriented towards a particular demographic. However, as an as a cologne, it's it's actually quite wonderful. Yeah, I really like the Armani Black. I've got a bottle of that. Like that rotated. I, I feel like that was like a big thing when I was in college. And I, I do know that John Paul Gardier bottle. Big fan of that. Uh, I also like the the Kenneth Black Cole stuff. There's a, a Kenneth Cole Black that I like a lot, which is like really citrusy and woodsy. Yeah, and then uh, Josh, not to skip you, but self-proclaimed. No, I, I, I can I can tell you what what that bottle I have is, which is sure it's it's an it's an Aqua de Parma in the yellow. They, they make a bunch of them. That's another yeah. one I like a lot. I remembered it. I remembered it being a lot woodier, and it, it's got a, a bunch of citrus in it that I didn't remember. It's light, but definitely like spicy. There's also one I've been looking at. It's a Rag and Bone. And they've got a whole series that comes in like a, what Dragon Bone makes cologne. They do. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've discovered Dragon Bone as, as a clothier recently, and also I, I've discovered their scents. Um, it's amazing what happens when you become a little bit less fat. Um, so yes, uh, they've got one that's it, it's like in, in their array. I think it's their like darkest, smokiest, woodiest, leatheriest one, and it it like. I've been toying with just going and picking it up for a while. I tell myself, but you don't wear cologne. But I think this might be the, the way I jump back into it. Oh, no, there's a whole rag and bone line. I had no idea. Yeah. Listener. Some of them are really light. I, I think I think the line itself is, is sort of unisex. So there's there's a, a range from very, very floral and light all the way up to, to this, which is like, yeah, rolled out of a casino, uh, draped in leather. Right, like you should smell like a guy Richie movie. Ooh, okay. So, listener, uh, Rag and Bone is not a sponsor yet, but you should go buy. Go, we would totally go take buy that some shit. Rag and Bone anything. Yes, <laughs> they won't know who you're talking about. But um. Just do it, <laughs> and then, uh, oh man, there's sweaters. I didn't know what sweaters were until I picked up a Rag and Bone. Yeah. I have two of them now, but uh, wow. Okay, so I'll have to check that out. I, I, uh, Josh, it's funny. So in my hand is a bottle of Aqua de Parma. Um, 
Mm-hmm. On my last day before getting onto the wagon, I think is the appropriate phase. So my last day of being just super day drunk, I went to go buy some cologne and ended up buying not the yellow, like any sensible person would do, but not, you got the blue. You got the I Aqua got de Parma two. That's right. I went up into that. No, the one where they just don't even name them anymore. They just have one, two, three, and four. And uh, go ahead and look it up. It's I'm an <laughs> asshole for spending this much money on cologne. And uh, wow, is it nice? I mean, it's it's that same idea that what you described, Josh. But it's got. I don't know how to describe it. It's it just smelled like me when I smelled it. Like the person I want to be is what this smells like. So it, it is, it's got a little bit more citrus in it, but it's not powerful. It's got, uh, again, that you're sitting on Liam's nice leather couch. You know, it just, it's inviting, it's warm, but it's not overly powerful. Uh, and I, I really like it. And But because it's so expensive, uh, the salesperson was really nice because I think I just made his commission or something for the, for the week. <laughs> and... Uh, he threw in another Aqua de Parma, which I can't remember the name of, but it's my night scent. And that's exactly how he described it. it he, he had to pour, he just poured it into another sampler bottle that was fresh. And, and so I don't even know what it is. And uh, that's lovely. But the Aqua de Parma really spoke to me. And uh, I can't speak highly enough of it, even though I am now, as soon as we're done, going to run to a store and look at some rag and bone. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm stopping on the way home. I just decided. <laughs> Wes, Wes can, I, can I point out that your Aqua de Palma is, is only about as expensive as the Calvados we had at my birthday dinner? Yes. But I got more than two ounces, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess by the ounce, it's less. <laughs> I can't even find it. Oh, there it is. Yeah. That looks really nice. It smells yeah, so it good. It looks really good. It smells so good. Let's let's for the sake of time wrap it up here and uh, thank everyone for joining us back here on season two at the Modern Dandies Guide to Manliness. But we want to know what you're wearing as far as cologne, so please email us at themoderndandy.life if you agree or disagree, uh, or if you just want to add to the conversation. We'd love to have you on as a guest. Uh, if you have ideas for topics, uh, please get involved. Follow us on all of the social medias uh, and. Uh, Have a great day or evening or just a great lunch. You can edit that out, right? (laughs) I probably will.